0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: Welcome to the Self-Love Club podcast. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. The Self-Love Club, where we chat about stuff that matters to women, real talk, and lols. Up your self-love and self-care game. Hey, pals, thank you so much for joining me for a new episode. We'll get into it very soon. First, a couple of quick things. We're a lady startup, essentially a small business, so we rely heavily on your support. Some easy ways you can do that is hit subscribe on your go-to podcast app. We're on all of them. And if you use Spotify, hit follow. Share it with a friend. Let your friends know about the Self Love Club. Post it in your Instagram stories. You can find us and follow us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Belle Crawford. And on there, you get videos of interviews, little clips. You get daily self care, self love notes, all the goodness. And so cool to be able to see where you're listening to us. Keep tagging us in your stories. Right, let's get into it. This week's episode is a cracker. Gear up to learn and laugh and probably find yourself nodding in agreement at times as we delve into some relatable chats. Caroline Cranshaw is a clinical hypnotherapist, health and relationship coach, and best-selling author. As well as being one hilarious and well-lived human, let me tell you, she knows her stuff and she gets it. We find out how hypnotherapy and kinesiology work, chat about the wild world of dating. We cover attachment types, which will literally save you from further heartbreak and punishment. We're so lucky to have Caroline Cranshaw on the Self Love Club podcast. Caroline, welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. So appreciate having you on. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, You've been on my wish list for a while, so it's cool to make it happen. Awesome. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you do.
0: Okay. So I am a hypnotherapist, a clinical hypnotherapist. I am a health coach, relationship coach, I have a hypnotherapy school, so I teach hypnotherapy.
1: Tell us, like, did you know growing up what you wanted to do? Like, take us back, because I know mm. you've lived a wild life. Mm. I've listened to some of your podcast, girlfriend. <laughs> take us back. Like, where did you grow up? And growing up, what were you into, and did you know what you wanted to do? So I grew up
0: in California, Bay Area, and in a little, well, not a little town, but a place called San Rafael, which is just right over the Golden Gate Bridge. And... I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I remember when I was 10 years old, I found this book on like hypnosis or hypnotism. And I read this book and I thought it was really cool. And I remember going to this like birthday party that's like a sleepover and you know, y'all sit around and you're saying what you're going to be when you grow up. And they were like, I'm going to be a vet and I'm going to be a nurse and I'm going to be a lawyer. And I was like, I'm going to be a hypnotist. And they were like, what? And they were like, Ew, no, you're not. That's weird. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I am. And so one of them's like, the girl whose party it was, was like, well, hypnotize me. And I'm like, fine. So I just like did this little hypnosis on so her. So
1: great. Little girl at the sleepover just starts hypnotizing was, people. Yeah.
0: Random at 10 years old. <laughs> so good. And at the end, I said, now take off all your clothes. I don't know why the hell I said this. This is oh, probably yeah, a horrible intro to uh, my business, but I said this thinking I didn't think she was hypnotized, right? Number one, I didn't think she would do anything like that. But she started to pull her clothes off and everyone went like, oh, my God. And she ran out of the room (laughs) And her parents come back and they like march me home and they're like, you're a horrible person. You're,
1: like, you're a little witch. What's you're, wrong with you? Yeah, and my
0: mother's like, don't you ever do anything like that again. Oh and God. I didn't think she would do it. Like, I don't know why the hell I said that because she was a little bit of a little bitch, right? <laughs> and I don't know. And she was someone who like never would change in the gym or you know, at school. And that was kind of like my introduction to it. That sounds crazy. But then I didn't ever really think about it. Right. I like, always
1: love hearing how like it's funny what people end up doing and I love hearing those stories because it's like maybe if you say, for example, radio, you used to make radio shows on your radio tape. Like there's always something and you didn't know why you did it.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like I think people are born to do things and that's just like you working it out.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So then I thought I wanted to be a psychologist because I went to a lot of therapists growing up because I was a very screwed up child and teenager But I found the process of therapy really frustrating, but I thought, well, that's what I should do. So I started studying psychology at university and I just got really disillusioned with the outcomes that they would give us, you know, like that, yeah, it takes like three years to achieve anything in therapy and it takes a lot of time and it's this like long drawn out process. And that was my experience with therapy. So I thought, well, screw this. I don't think I really want to do this. And I (laughs) drop out and I went to beauty school. And I became a hairdresser and didn't really know what I wanted to do. In the States, you actually can make quite a lot of money doing hair and and doing makeup and stuff like that. It's kind of a different system over there. So really enjoyed that. Ended up meeting a man in a bar in San Francisco who was a Kiwi and just... Kind of had like a bit of a fling with him. Didn't really think anything of it. And he went back to New Zealand and he sent me a plane ticket to come visit him.
1: Whoa. And
0: I'm like, okay, sure. A free trip. And so, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, so cool. didn't think. Anything would turn out, but thought vacation. Why not? Never had been to New Zealand. Didn't even to be. This is
1: sounds terrible. No, didn't even know where. A it lot was. of Americans don't even know I, that like New Zealand exists. It's always so funny watching those uh, videos, and they're like, "Where's that?" I mean, that's so terrible. But I knew it
0: was by Australia, but yeah, I didn't really yeah, know yeah. anything about it. Yeah. But I came. And I got off the plane, and I was like, "I am home. Like I need to move here. This is the place I'm mm. meant to be." I just had this feeling that I need to live in New Zealand, and so ended up marrying the guy, having kids with the guy. But before that, well, so here, long story short, to get on the track of how I became a hypnotherapist was I think only after not even a year of living here, I had this horrific car accident. I had a head-on collision with a truck. I had a traumatic brain injury, broke everything where the seatbelt was, like my whole face, this was all ripped open and my nose is over like on the side of my face. Kneecaps reattached and they're just like- You're going to have a limp for the rest of your life. You've got a traumatic brain injury. So, you know, you might have like the capacity of an eight year old. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, oh, I really don't like the outcome of that. Like, that doesn't sound very good for me. And I remembered the psych class I had taken where there was this doctor who became he was like the godfather of medical hypnotherapy and brought it mainstream is this guy named Milton Erickson. And he had gotten polio when he was like 17, was completely paralyzed by it, but he started visualizing himself well. And I thought, laying in this bed, I can't walk, I can't do anything, so I'm just going to start visualizing everything, knitting back together and healing. And I was out of the hospital within three weeks. Whoa. Yeah, like healed way beyond what they ever said I could. I checked myself out. It was pretty, not very good idea, to be totally honest, <laughs> because I should have gone to rehab, like they said, but... For me, it really affirmed this power of visualization Mm. and the body's ability to heal. And I thought there's definitely something to this. But I didn't really know how to kind of move into that. And I was a terrible chain smoker, like smoked a pack and a half a day. And a friend of mine was going to a hypnotherapist. And I was like, oh, it's the only thing I haven't tried. And I've always wanted to try that. So I go along and the woman seemed nice enough and she did this visualization with me about quitting smoking. I didn't think it worked on me at all. Mm. Like I was awake. I knew what was happening. And I walked out of there. I called up my friend who was supposed to be going. And I said, total load of crap. Don't even waste your money. It doesn't work. And then like five days later... I'm like, oh, my God, I used to smoke. Called my friend. You should go. That's amazing. It really works. She's like, you bitch, I canceled my appointment. (laughs) I'm like, no, it's like I'm going back. Yeah, Yeah, I was just blown away. So I just like kept going. And then I ended up training in it. And it's just been my absolute Mm. life path ever since. So Mm. that's how I got into it. That's so
1: interesting. Yeah. We'll talk all through that. But like with hypnotizing people, can everyone be hypnotized? Yes, because yeah. I've had people like classic gags on the radio try hypnotize me, and people can't do it. They're like, "Your brain's too strong," and they get really frustrated. I have to prete- I've had to pretend before, just for the gag on the radio. Like, <laughs> yeah, my, they're like, "Your mind's too strong. Go under, go under, go under." Well, no, you're smart. Because why would you let
0: some creepy dude? It's like, what it usually is like it,
1: some dude that's doing a show in town? Like. Yeah.
0: Do you? I mean, you don't see nice <laughs> women hip, like stage hypnotists. You just don't. You're see right.
1: Always a it creepy. It's it a is? creepy
0: guy that's like, I will control you and you will do what I say. I hate stage hypnosis. I get really mad if I ever have to see it. I'm like, don't do it. Don't listen. Like for me, you could never hypnotize. Like a stage hypnotist could never hypnotize me. I would not. Comply. Mm. I'm for me, hypnotherapy
1: works amazing. Okay. But if I That's different to this, like as therapy, I think people have this idea, and obviously we'll delve more into it, but I get it. Like this is different to like that, isn't it? It's not like look into my eyes, you're a very sleepy kind of vibe. I mean, that's probably the most stereotype thing ever, but you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but the thing is, and I probably gave a horrible example of my story before, is you're not gonna do things that you don't want to do. And you are in control, and it's funny because Years later, I ran into that little girl who I hypnotized at the party or she wasn't a little girl anymore. And I was like, I'm so sorry that I did that to you. And She's like, I knew what I was doing. She was like, I just wanted to kind of like go along with it and mess with you and like kind of give everyone a fright. So I was in total control. So you didn't actually make me do that at all. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, I felt horrible. Yeah, you felt on
1: that guilt. Yeah. But
0: I mean, it's not like she got naked in front of everyone. But yeah, she was like, I kind of just went along with it because I thought it would be funny. Yeah. and Just a gag, you know. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and she was all like. All about
1: the lols. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. So hypnotherapy, you can't make people do things against their will. Like, people are in control. That's what they don't really realize, is you can't override the subconscious, which is trying to keep you safe with getting people to do stuff that's against their, like, morals or values. If you trust the person and they're using the right kind of techniques and you want it to happen, it works like magic. But if you don't, if it's some creepy dude in his basement trying to hypnotize you, you're like, hell no. Mm. So, but if you're not ready or don't want to be hypnotized then you won't be Mm. so it is it's very much you hypnotize yourself and it is it's allowing yourself to kind of go into this more relaxed state. And when you visualize things, that's the language of the subconscious. So you're able to kind of reprogram stuff at that more operating level. Mm. It's like an operating system. That's what your subconscious is like. It's just like your operating system and it just records everything that happens to you. And it makes little programs out of that. Some of those programs aren't very helpful. And so where hypnotherapy comes in is you can update those programs and put new ones in to help your behavior because that's where your behavior stems from is the subconscious. So And that's the thing that I think is missing in a lot of therapy or coaching or and all of that is consciously you know what to do and you can go oh this is why I'm screwed up but if you have a subconscious program that's to the contrary which was we can hold like conflicting beliefs mm, and con- you're right the second you get stressed or tired or triggered you just go right back into that old program yes and then, oh
1: my goodness yes yes
0: yeah. so and it's like why am I
1: doing this yeah, again yeah and you and get mad at yourself because you're like I know. And then something in you and you're like, it doesn't match almost. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It's it's almost like two different people in mm. some ways. For me, it I was just a complete mess. Mm. A complete mess. That's like okay.
1: like most, we all are at different
0: times. Yeah. Like, most of my, you know, childhood, teenage, and early adulthood, I was definitely a mess. I did a lot of therapy. I knew why I was screwed up, but I just kept making these same patterns and, and mistakes over and over and over. And people would be like, well, don't do that. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Thank you. But I would just keep doing it mm. over and over. But once I addressed it at that subconscious level and changed those programs, it was like my behavior changed like that. Mm. And it was amazing. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan. That's yeah. so
1: cool. And so I'm, I'm going to come see you. And when this interview comes out, I probably would have seen you by now. But do you do kinesiology as well? Is that part of your modality? Yes. Yeah, so...
0: Kinesiology is something else I definitely
1: use. Yeah, Kinesiology
0: is muscle testing and it's just a way of asking the body or the subconscious mind questions. How I came across kinesiology, I just went to this naturopath who started using on me Mm. and normally what they'll do is they'll just have you put your arm straight out and they press pressure and they ask you like yes or no questions and I'm like what is this bullshit, you know?
1: Yeah, I've had it before where they're like with um, food allergies and I'm like, how does my arm know that I'm like lactose intolerant? mate? Like I know that I am, but I'm like, how does my arm know? It's based on the premise that everyone knows the truth at some
0: level. And what's true for you, you stay strong. And what's not true, your body goes a little bit weak. For me, I like to use it just in the beginning of a session as like a diagnostic to figure out what techniques we should use. If there are underlying chemical deficiencies or things that are going on that need to be addressed I'm very interested in like neurotransmitters. So that's something I'll look at is, are you low on certain like brain chemicals and body chemicals that may be causing you to feel more anxious or more distracted or sad? And you can rectify those in a like more holistic, natural way Mm. with supplements or different diets or lots of different techniques. But that way you really, for me, I like to hit it from every angle. And the more we address it on that, physical side, mm. emotional side, and spiritual side as well, the better result you're going to yeah. get.
1: Well, as I think we learn as we get older, everything's so connected, you know, and you need to look, uh, yeah, I think for everyone's different in each their own, but looking after things holistically has just always been so helpful for me. I'm sure for others listening as well.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And kinesiology is fun for kids and men. That's what I like to use that on too, <laughs> because it's like, really? Like I've got five kids, Well, two of them biological and three stepchildren, but I'm like, who did it? And put your arm out. And they're just like, (laughs) I did it. I did it. You're like, they don't even try to lie because you just instantly like, you're the liar. What, what did you do?
1: I'm so interested. Like, how do you know? Like, obviously you've trained in it, but how, how do you know?
0: Well, you just apply pressure to their arm and it's like, did you do this? And if their arm goes more weak, it's like, no, I didn't. But if they're, yeah, well, opposite. right.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They
0: just. And using it on
1: guys. Oh God, that would be handy if we you know not bashing dudes because this is not a place we don't do that but like god imagine if you could do that on a guy it's like I do are you gonna cheat on me like <laughs> are you gonna miss me around like that would be so handy oh my gosh my partner that I did
0: that on our first date like I asked him all these questions and <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah with, and I would just do it in my head you can do it in your head that's the crazy thing with kinesiology you don't even need to say it out loud to the person yeah you can literally ask the questions in your head without saying anything
1: and seeing how they react
0: seeing whether it's a strong Long, like yes or no answer
1: interesting yeah god like you should start a kinesiology school you'd be bloody loaded mate like everyone would be like I need to know like especially dating because that's the thing we're going to talk about attachment types as well today uh, and dating because it's a, I'm not gonna lie it's a minefield out there like I mean there's some great times sometimes it can be a bit of a shocker for a lot of people at different times and I just think dating in 2020 compared to even a few years back it's just effed honestly mm. like there's so many different factors going on, like with social media. I feel like back in the day, it was so, not easier, but you would just meet people in the pub and then it would be like, you're my boyfriend now. Whereas now it's just like to get from there to, yeah, it's just so effed. I'm honest with you. You know what I mean?
0: I do know what you mean because when I got divorced, what was that 2009, I dated for 6 years oh, and
1: you both think? Oh like I feel for you like I've had enough and I'm 31 like yeah
0: for me <laughs> and I had this horrible pattern of picking the most screwed up guy possible like you put me in a room and you find someone who's like an alcoholic and like has a gambling addiction and oh, is completely screwed no. I'd be like oh my god I'm really attracted to him yeah and when I learned about attachment types, it was like this massive light bulb went off for me and I realized that I was what they call an insecure type and I was attracting other insecure types. Yeah, yeah. And that had a lot to do with my childhood and early relationships. But once I realized that that's what I was doing, I knew that I needed to be with someone secure, Mm. someone who was not what I had always been attracted to. And so every guy I dated or well potentially was going to date I would make them take an attachment type test. <laughs> Honestly, like I said like the-
1: I love it and I think it's so great but like how do you do that without them thinking that you're like a crazy therapist, you know what I mean? But like at the end of the day, good on you because Why waste your time? You know, people waste your time and it fucks me off, actually.
0: Well, I realized. completely honest,
1: like my time's precious, man. Don't muck me around. Yeah,
0: I realized I had a broken picker is what I called it. And I was just picking really screwed up people. Hmm. And so what I would do is, you know, you kind of meet or match (laughs) on these dating apps or whatever. And it's like, "Oh, oh, I'm just what I would say is I'm just writing an article on attachment types. It's so fascinating. And I just like need a few more case studies. Not like not like a case study, but if you would just take this test and send me a screenshot of your results. It's really interesting. Yeah. And they all did it. And the first nine that I had do all came back as, like, not a good type, right? Like, the type you want to avoid at all costs. And so I would go, I'm sorry, and I can't date you because you're this type of attachment type, and I really need a secure one. And they'd be like, you're fucking a crazy therapist.
1: But it's like, I I totally get both sides because you're meant to play chill, and you do, right? But then it's like, it's kind of, in a way, you're smart for doing that because then you don't get further down the track where you have feelings and it gets messy. And, and again, you've wasted your time You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly So it's like a catch-22 Because of course you don't want to like freak them out But then it's like, well, better to do that Than down the line, have you, you know what I mean? So, You're heartbroken Yeah, it's hard
0: Yeah, so, mm. and I tell my. like Clients. Oh, if anyone's single, I'm like, this is what you need to be doing. Hmm. All I say is just say, oh, you've got a friend studying psychology and they just need results or it's just really interesting thing to do because people love to learn about themselves, right? That's, oh, yeah. it's their favorite topic. <laughs> so people will always do it. Like mm. I've never had anyone go, nah, you want that screenshot though to say. <laughs> like, I
1: need, I need verification before we're going uh, <laughs> to go further on this <laughs> transaction, please. Yeah. You want to play it kind of done at first and be like, oh. Hey, is so fascinating. And uh, yeah, you send me your results
0: and I'll send you my, or yeah, and I'll send you my ones. Then you got to cut them off. Well, if they're, they're, not, they're not the right type. Yeah,
1: especially as you get older. I think when you're in your 20s and you're dating, like, I don't know. I, th- I think for me, I mean, I was in a long term relationship in my 20s. I know looking back that you're so much more carefree and you're not. It's a whole bunch of factors, right? You're just, like, go with the flow. But then when you get to your 30s, it's not like you're in a hurry, and some people probably are, but it's, like, you know who you are, you know what you want, and it just pisses you off when, like, your time gets wasted. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think – and it's harder to meet people then because, I I don't know, I think you're, like, more fussy or something.
0: And you should be. Yeah. You should be. And New Zealand – has a funny dating culture. Like, I found that really bizarre when I came here because in the States, it's more guys will ask you out to dinner and you have this, like, dating thing that happens. And over here, it's more, like you said, it has been for years of just meet someone at the pub and you hook up and if you like each other and keep hooking up, then you're in a relationship. And that's kind of how it's been. I think dating apps are changing that. Mm -hmm. But I think that the more choice you have the less likely you are to choose. That's just psychology. Mm. Like, I know for me, if I'm trying to pick something to watch on TV, I have the option of, I can't even imagine. there's so many
1: shows out there. Thousands
0: and thousands of movies and Mm. shows, and I can't decide. Yeah, Like, how ridiculous is that? Whereas there used to be 20 things on TV, and you'd be like, oh my god, you'd always find something. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. So
0: I think that variety of choice is making people less and less able to commit. Mm. The other thing is, is, as you get older, there's less and less secure types on the market. Mm. So that makes it harder as well.
1: Do you mean like there's like less good ones left? Like last, like little rotten bananas on the shelf are left? Like, sorry. Well,
0: (laughs) unfortunately, yes, that's kind of what I mean. And yeah, so well, should I just tell you about the attachment types? Yeah, yeah, I
1: was going to ask you about them all anyway. So yeah, take us through the different ones. I think it's really important. I listened to your podcast on it and I think people need to know about this. So yeah, talk us through the different ones and how it all works. Attachment type
0: theory basically came from from psychologists studying children and how they attach to their parents and a lot of times like with adopted children and so there's four different types and ways we attach so there's what they call the secure type and that's ideally what you want to date you don't have to be one like mm. i was not a secure type at all but they say that's 50 percent of the population i think that is a very high estimation i don't think that's actually correct i think it's lower than that mm. so they normally have very stable childhood and parents that stay together, and not a lot of drama, and so their belief system is relationships are safe, intimacy is easy. Mm-hmm. They don't avoid relationships, and they don't get anxiety in relationships. So they're low avoidance and low anxiety. That's what you want to date. <laughs>
1: so yeah, I've worked that out the yeah. hard
0: way. <laughs> so the next type is what they call the anxious preoccupied type. That's what I was. They normally have more of a tumultuous childhood. They could have tumultuous relationships. The cat sat on the So they get a lot of anxiety in relationships. So they don't avoid them. They'll get into them a lot, but they get very anxious once they're in them. What their key is, what they have to learn is how to self-soothe, right? Mm. Because they get triggered and they get anxious. They think they can read people's minds and know what people are thinking. They start to act a little bit crazy. Like I know I definitely would Mm. act crazy and get triggered. Mm. The thing was, I wasn't really dating anyone who was a secure attachment type because when you're an anxious preoccupied type, what you tend to be attracted to is what they call the dismissive avoidant. Mm -hmm. So that's the next type. Dismissive avoidants are high avoidant to relationships, but they're low anxiety. So what they do is they play very hot and cold. They tend to come on strong in the beginning and then they pull away Mm. and they do it over and over and over until you want to murder them. But anxious preoccupied types and the dismissive types are like totally drawn to each other for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. but they trigger the crap out of each other. So that was what I was always attracting and always attracted to, but then I was always anxious and always acting like a crazy person. So what they need is time and like space if they get triggered. So the key is, is to just leave them the fuck alone for Mm. however long it takes but when you're anxious, you want to like reconnect and talk Resolve about it. Resolve things, yeah. yeah. You don't like leaving things unresolved, and so you're like, "Let's just talk about it, please." Yeah, like yeah. I would chase men around the house, or you know, like even in my car, trying to get them to talk to me. It's not Whoa. good.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. And no judgment here, yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> like we've all had
0: different times. For me, I look at myself as like the jailhouse lawyer of issues. I've had to work so hard on my own case. So I can yeah, now help you on with you. Yours.
1: Yeah.
0: The next type is what they call the fearful avoidant. And they're high anxiety and high avoidance. So they're the ones that kind of just are never in relationships or once in a blue moon. But they just kind of avoid things So at what all are possible.
1: they called again, Sorry
0: fearful avoidant
1: yeah i think i know you know
0: the people that are just always single and they might like date someone for a little while but then they're like oh i need me time and i just can't handle this and they tend to have either have had like a really overbearing mother or a parent and there's definitely some kind of trauma there the interesting thing with attachment types is you actually can inherit them like you can have a really stable childhood stable Mm. relationships but your mother was an anxious type or Mm. yeah they think there is some like evolutionary connection with this. And there's a really whole interesting field of psychology that's opening up and healing with like ancestral trauma and how we kind of play out some of the trauma that we possibly inherited through our DNA. And that's really fascinating as well. Mm -hmm. When I learned about all this and realized that that's what I needed was that's when I started testing everyone to see if they were secure. And it was all the other ones were the most of them were dismissive avoidant and then the rest were anxious preoccupied. And I knew that wouldn't work for me as well. Well, mm. but the tenth guy, who's my partner now, um, was the most secure attachment type that I had ever tested, and I was like, okay, I can date you. And he yeah. did. He had a very stable childhood. The key, I think, is is find the ones recently on the market, <laughs> because. They get into relationships And they stay with it And they stay yeah, in Yeah
1: Because you often wonder When you're dating You're like well Are they going to be ready Because at times I have thought maybe That was a red flag Because I, I think I got involved With someone once And they were It was fresh And then they just Went back to their I've had that happen mm. A couple of times to me Go back to their girlfriend And it's like That makes you feel Pretty crap about yourself Totally But like I know the guys You mean though Like I know mm. the ones You mean I've dated one For a long time In the past Because you wonder if, Because everyone's different you're like Well maybe people need time To like be seen single and everything, but some people don't so much. I don't know. I, I also think it's good to be single sometimes as well.
0: I think so too. I think that you want to test them. And if they're a dismissive avoidant or anxious preoccupied, then you want to give them some time and possibly not even date them. But if they're a secure type and they're you know, somewhat you know, recently out of a relationship mm. Then I think it's more okay to move faster on that But it all depends I think it's trusting your gut as well Yeah, and
1: I think I've learned that as you get older Because you sort of, there's these rules that you're meant to apply And like some of them are really great Like you should definitely do them, you know, not chase, all that mm. stuff But like it's hard to know You're like, you know, there's no black and white thing where it's like Don't date a guy who's fresh out of a breakup Like don't do this And it's, I just, I've found it quite hard to work out at times
0: It is. For me, one of the things that really helped was making a list of like my perfect man of like putting it out there of exactly what I wanted. Mm. I'm a big advocate of this. I know for myself, I made a list. I was very, very specific. And I said, meet him by this date. And I had over 100 things on the list. Like that's how specific (laughs) I was.
1: (laughs) And people be like, mm. it's like my dad sometimes says I'm too fussy. And I'm like, no, like, you know. No, you no. should be fussy. Yeah.
0: Do not settle. I don't believe in settling. No. There's gonna be things that are gonna annoy the shit out of you with <laughs> any partner. Yeah. But it's that if you just are not feeling it, then I don't think it's right. Mm. You've gotta have that spark and that connection. And what I did was I folded it up and I put it under like my mattress protector, but under where my pillow is. And okay. so every night when I go to bed, I'd be like, okay, universe, you know, like, I'm going to sleep
1: here. And get in, <laughs> yeah. and we just work on a, like maybe one or yeah. two of these things Can here you, and there. Yeah. If you just
0: manifest that, please. And it's funny when I did meet my partner, he kept saying to me, I know you from somewhere I've met you. And I'm like, no way. I would have like totally remembered that and would have been really attracted to you. And he's like, I know I have met you. And I'm like, no. So like a month goes by and we realized that we had been at a mutual friends party and that oh. we had met and didn't really think that much about it, but it was like, oh my God, like we had met. Then I find this list that I had written when we like moved in together and I'm like oh my god look at this list and it was everything on the list and the date on it was my friend's birthday the date we met that's
1: really wild yeah
0: and yeah so but he was married and so like I chatted to him at this party yeah, that his but his wife was giving me the evils from across the room so I walked <laughs> away pretty
1: quick you know <laughs> pretty little blonde yeah. like, she's like get away from my man
0: <laughs> yeah it's well you know married meant to me they have Vaginas, basically. You know what I mean? They're off limits. Like, yeah. To have it, like, literally be the date that I wrote on that list, I was just like, that's crazy. So I'm a huge advocate of really getting clear about exactly what you want and putting it out there. Mm. And I think there is something to kind of rules. I think it's very important not to chase men. There's the whole feminine and masculine energy. And that one is, for me, something I've really had to learn because Mm. I know I definitely have a lot of masculine energy. And I think the way we're raised these days is like, you can do anything a man can do.
1: Yeah, like girls can do anything. So we're taught to be assertive. Exactly. And that's great.
0: And you absolutely should be. But it's it's learning to kind of pull back that energy in relationships and letting the man take the lead. Cause you think about like a man goes on safari and they hunt for like two weeks and they Mm. finally kill something. If they shot something in like the first five minutes, they'd be like, let down. Mm. So I think women aren't kind of playing the chase enough a lot of times. So it's like, you got to make guys work for it. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, I would text guys And be like Let's do this And let's do that And, yeah, that. No, and you, I would Yeah Yeah and I would lead And they would They would just lean back And not mm. do anything
1: And like I know There's been some talk I've seen Where people are like No that's like Anti-feminism But I actually I think it's honestly right And like I've definitely Done that more and more I just let You just If you If you back off They come to you Like it just I've tested it out It works Like it definitely works It works
0: like every time Like basically. every time
1: They run in They're like calling you Like wanting to see you And you're like Oh so like I just ignore you and you like like me like you come come forward yeah it's pretty interesting it's up. quite it's quite i've I've um, had some fun experimenting with it not pl- messing with people but like it's quite interesting yeah
0: it's hard it's hard because you feel like you're sitting on your hands and it doesn't and I mean I'm the biggest feminist out right mm. like I I get furious at women who say they're not a feminist because I'm like Do you believe women? Do you have a vagina?
1: Yeah, like,
0: like, do you believe women should have equal rights to men? Like, if you believe that, then you're a feminist. Mm. Yeah, like if you and if you don't, honey, you need to get some therapy, right? Because you're (laughs) fucked up. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah, the patriarchy needs to (laughs) die in my eyes. But it's human nature, and I think Mm. it doesn't matter if what gender you are or orientation. There's always a masculine and feminine energy, right? And so whoever's got the more feminine needs to lean back a little bit more and Mm -hmm. whoever's got the more masculine energy needs to come forward and if you're running around like doing everything for a guy and and leading then they aren't inspired to step up it sucks I wish it wasn't that way because that's not my personality Mm -hmm. it is not my nature but it doesn't it doesn't work that well Mm -hmm. for men so if you want to have a relationship with a guy you need to learn to kind of cultivate that more it's finding that kind of balance. And I think the thing is, is that men connect with their feelings with women, like if and it's more kind of heart and emotion, right? So if you connect more with that in your communication with them, they feel that emotional connection with you more. Mm. But if you're more thinking and talking about kind of more analytical stuff with them all the time and coming from more of a, a headspace, that doesn't help them connect with their emotions. There's a really good program by this woman named Rory Ray, and she's got her first one is called How to Reconnect Your Relationship. But it's for a woman who's either single or 20 years into a relationship. But it's all about that feminine, masculine energy. Mm -hmm. I first listened to that and I was like, this bitch does not know what she's talking about. I was like really mad. (laughs) Yeah, you're like,
1: "Like, it's not fair. Like I'm doing all the right things. Yeah,
0: I'm a feminist. And then it was like, oh, shit, I've been doing it all wrong. Mm -hmm. And this is probably a big part of the problem. Because if you come with that kind of like masculine, domineering energy, which is... All may, Yeah. Men are just they're not going to like step up to that and they're not really going to be that attractive, d- attracted unless they're like a beta male and they want a, a woman to boss them around. Right. If you want a guy who's like more alpha and you know, a little more strong within himself then you can't have that energy with them because yeah. you're going to clash. Yeah. If you want to bait a beta male who you could, who's kind of more feminine energy, who's going to stay home with the kids and all of that, then that's great. Like mm. keep going with that energy and there's no, nothing wrong with that yeah. at all. But it all depends on what kind of man you want to attract mm. and what kind of dynamic you want to have in a relationship.
1: Mm. I know there's certain things you can do along the way, but it can be hard to, I guess there's things like, you know, don't chase and all that stuff, but on the spot, it can be hard to know because especially if something's going well I guess yeah like you say if you learn this stuff more maybe you can spot it more I'm sure you can put it into practice but it's just you know like a lot to think about at once Mm. to like go okay no but do you think as you just get older you just learn to not to not waste your time anymore and to know what to look for
0: totally Mm. and I think it is trust your gut like in the beginning I think we overlook a lot of Mm. stuff and be like no that's fine and That's another reason why you shouldn't sleep with people too soon because the second you sleep with them, your brain's going to pump out a whole bunch of chemicals saying bond with this person in Mm. case you get pregnant and so they're around. So you bond with these total assholes Mm. who, yeah, it's like keep your eyes open. People don't show their behavior for ages. Mm. So I think that's another thing is like take your time. If they stop seeing you because you won't fuck them right away, then that's not the right relationship anyways. There's
1: no respect.
0: Yeah, and they're out for one thing. Mm. But I think these dating apps and porn and all of that is like kind of changing the relationship side of things for people. And it's just the stories I hear from clients, I'm, they curl my toes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then there's that saying as well, like some people will be like, no, I've slept with my partner on the first date and we're still together. Like there's always exceptions. Right. Absolutely. But I think, yeah, you're right. As a general thing, like, I don't know, I've often found, especially if you're an anxious person and Mm -hmm. you do that too soon, you leave yourself vulnerable, totally, you know, like it's it's hard for and, and some people can go out there and do that and feel fine, but some people, you just can't. That's very personal and leading someone very close to you in. I think they should, you know, like, each. this is no judgment for whatever you like doing. That's fine. But I just think people need to deserve that. Like, make them work for it. Exactly. Don't just give yourself away.
0: People don't appreciate things if they come very easy and free. You mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's the, like, I've got a friend at the moment who started dating this guy and some red flags are coming up. He was making her pay. Like, everything was 50-50 split. Like, every date. And you know, I'm going you need to talk to him about this. Like you need to be kind of clear of how you feel. Not that a guy should pay for everything, but that to me is a red flag. Cause it's showing a guy that doesn't, in my eyes, doesn't really want to take care of you in a way. You know what I mean? I don't know. It it shows a a selfishness or a lack of generosity. There's like a boundary there. It's like all about kind of boundaries. Yeah. Mm. You need to start as you mean to continue. You need to be really kind of honest and not to say you're a tight ass and not paying for anything, but it's like, this is how this makes me feel. If you come from that more kind of emotional side, men can hear you a bit better. And Mm. if they can't, then fuck off. Get on your bike, buddy, you know, so because they're
1: not the right one for you anyways. I used to have a flatmate that used to literally only date guys so they would buy her food all the time. She's like, I'm broke. (laughs) I need food. I don't really like this guy, but he brings me food or whatever. Whereas I'm like, I don't need no man. Like I'll pay for my own shit, you know, but then like, I'm not saying I don't like people to buy me dinner. That's amazing. But like growing up, I was always like, oh no, that's so nice. Like I can, you know, just too much of a people pleaser. I think
0: the other thing is to really not let kind of phone and text relationships go on too long before you actually meet. Mm. I think that's the other thing that's important to kind of look out for. The key is to get really clear about what you want, figure out what attachment type you are. I think that's very important and do some work around that Mm. I think that when you do get triggered and emotional, if you're hysterical, it's normally historical, right? It's normally not just this situation, it's other situations. And they find that from a psychological perspective, the purpose of relationships is to heal your childhood wounds. That's what we do. That's why we're attracted to certain people. They always, always, whoever you're attracted to will have traits of your caretakers that kind of match your subconscious programming. And then we try to work out all our childhood wounds in that relationship, but the other person's got their childhood wounds that they're trying to work out and it just can turn into a bit of mess. So Mm. I think it's important to do the work on yourself. The other thing is we're not just one personality. Mm. We're kind of like a team that makes us up. So if you're getting into this really triggered state, it's normally a younger part of you that mm. you need to heal and address. And if you feel yourself getting a bit hysterical, it's ask yourself, how old am I right now? Like, how mm. old do I feel? Because a lot of times that number is pretty young. Just tuning into that part of you and going, you're okay. And yeah, the more you can heal that and not have those younger, wounded parts of you help you with your relationships, the better you'll mm. You'll be and then and just getting some awareness around it, yeah. Sometimes is all you need to shift it.
1: Getting some therapy would might help as well, yeah. That's a good idea,
0: yeah. And hypnotherapy, because that's the thing is that you can go to all these amazing psychologists, and I'm not bagging no, of therapy not. at all, they're amazing, I've, yeah. Yeah, they're great, but I think if you don't address it at that subconscious level, it is going to keep repeating, mm. and you'll be really even more upset with yourself afterwards because you know you yeah, shouldn't be doing that. That's the it. thing,
1: like your mind knows, but then sometimes you you'll react in different ways. Talk us through self-sabotage cuz I think that's something that people will probably maybe know they do or not know they do or other people they're dating might be self-sabotaging. Talk us through that. I mean there's again
0: there's so many components to it, mm. but it could be younger parts of us getting triggered and acting, you know, having tantrums and but we also could have beliefs like I'm not lovable or all men cheat or that we can have these like really defeating beliefs and we're trying to kind of make those true we're trying to i know for me i had a really strong belief all men cheat you can't trust men so i was always looking for evidence of that but Uh i was also always picking men that were cheaters right so it was like that subconscious programming of mine would match up with a guy who's going to exhibit that behavior for me and i had to change that programming around it of like having a belief that men can be loyal and faithful. And then that's what I attracted mm. instead. I think self-sabotage a lot of times has to do with your belief systems mm. Like, give me an example. Can you give me an example of self-sabotage and I can tell you where it might be coming from?
1: I'm not really a self-sabotager much in relationships if I'm completely honest, but I'm just trying to think of like a, a, like a broad example. So say for example, someone is in a relationship and it's going well, and then they just freak out and then they end it. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a random example for you on the spot here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like people just like, flip and it's done and then it's like nah or even cheating like because you know stuff in relationships can feel feel very personal to you if it's happening to you like say if someone breaks up with you or someone cheats on you and you know it's not because of you, but it feels personal because it, it hurts. Like, you know, like you've been caught up in their shit, basically. But I've heard someone say that cheating is their belief that they're a failure. So then they go and do something that validates that behavior. It's nothing to do with you. I think cheating very rarely has anything to do with but it. You partner. know what I mean? Like yeah, it feels totally. so personal because it's a betrayal. They did this to you kind of thing. You know what I mean? And that's where our heads go. And
0: we're hardwired to look for rejection. Like that's what the way our brains are, because historically, you know, we're tribal. And if you get rejected from the tribe, you die. If someone you know, rejects you or cheats on you, it's there's something wrong with me, but you, you literally feel like you're going to die when mm. you get broken up with or someone rejects you. I know for me,
1: I literally have felt like I was dying. Yeah, and then you feel stupid for feeling that way. Yeah, and just hysterical. Yeah, and it's like you're not dying, you're sad. Like, you're very, very sad.
0: Yeah, self-sabotage. I mean, there's so many different factors in it. I mm. think a lot of it is... We're just repeating these childhood patterns. A lot of times we're sabotaging because that's what our parents did and that's what we learned. Whatever we saw at home, home is love, right? So Mm. that's what we'll tend to repeat or attract. So I think the key with self-sabotage is to work on yourself and self-love and tell yourself you are worthy and tell yourself it's safe to have a relationship. I think a lot of people who just end things very quickly are Avoidance, mm. Or something's triggered them that they've become so uncomfortable they have to kind of push it away. And there's some fallacy that relationships are meant to be easy and you're all meant to get along all the time. And you're meant to be happy all the time. Thanks,
1: fairy tales.
0: Like yeah. Cinderella. Exactly. And Disney. I'm, it's total. <laughs> Don't sue me. <laughs> it's total bullshit. Yeah. And then we do everything opposite to that that actually ends up destroying our relationship. I think it's also learning a lot about how you communicate and what you convey in your communication a lot of times we're doing things like rolling our eyes or we do these little things. A hard thing is to ask friends, what do they think? Looking looking at me, what do you see me doing? Mm. And that's not a nice conversation to have yeah. because
1: I do it with my dad because I can handle it from him. Like yeah. I think if you can find a person that you trust and that actually you know gets you, I think that's the thing for me. It's like my dad knows me inside out, mm. like you might not have that relationship with your dad It might be someone, a friend or your mom, or or anyone, family But it's just like they can see it for what it is They know you and they know you so well They know what you should, you know, have And they know like, no, that person just isn't right for you Like you, not need, but you know what I mean? Like you, totally. you need someone like this and this is And then once they explain it to you, you actually kind of, I feel relieved I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's good. I
0: really do believe in destiny and that we are kind of meant for certain people. I really do believe Mm. that, probably from my own experience. Because I also had psychics always, like, describe the same guy as well over and over, which I found interesting. So a little, like, thing I would say to myself before when I was single is the perfect partner is already picked and I'll meet them at the perfect time. Mm. And if it doesn't work out with this land of sky, then it's not meant to be. Yeah,
1: that's a really good way to think about it. Even if you're really upset— I think just know that it's not the right one. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the end yet. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think it's just learning to (laughs) (laughs) process that and move on and keep going. Mm. And I think if you really want a committed relationship, you really want kids and a family, you'll have it. Mm. And there's multiple ways to have that. You don't always have to give birth. Like I get a lot of women that are just desperate to have their own biological children and that's great, but there's many, many Mm. less painful ways to become a mother. And
1: aren't we lucky in 2020 that you can do that now? Like you don't have to be in a relationship. You can do it yourself or you you know, there's other options for you. Yeah. You should be upfront with that type of stuff though Mm. when you're dating because-
0: I've had people get engaged And I'm like Oh do you guys want to have kids And they're like Oh we haven't talked about it yet And I'm like
1: What? Oh god That's the thing though like, We're taught to be so, like, so chill guys Like just be chill There's a way of doing it That is relaxed and chill I've learned Totally my own experiences Where you can do that stuff And have those important conversations In a mature adult way
0: Exactly And if
1: they're not able To have that with you Then they're not mature And you can
0: just say How do you feel About mm. having kids And that's it Like the thing is Is that Is to listen 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 to whatever they tell you, because I can't count how many women are dating guys who the guy has said he doesn't want to have kids and they're like, oh, well, maybe he'll change his mind. And I'm like, no, they're not going to change their mind. Mm. I'm in the business of change and people don't really change. (laughs) Like, that sounds terrible. People do change if they want to change and it's coming from them, but they mm. don't change because someone else wants them to change.
1: Yeah, there's so much we could talk about and we have covered off so much. Obviously, people can't probably learn to hypnotize themselves. <laughs> but to end on, we talk a lot about self-care and, and ways people can look after themselves. What are some things you would suggest, like some of your go-to things that you like to do and some things maybe people could take away? Focus on what you want
0: and what you and rather than what you don't want. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they want something, but then they're constantly thinking of the worst nightmare that possibly could happen, right? And then they're attracting that or creating that or getting really stressed out. So that's one thing is get, it's like every night when you go to bed, visualize exactly what you want to happen in the next day, week, year, like picture yourself exactly how you want to be. Because Mm we kind of create our own identity and that's been formed by our families and all of that, but we can change our identity. And when you change your identity, you can change your behavior. You can change your whole world. And with hypnosis and hypnotherapy, there's a million free resources. You can go on YouTube. I have free hypnosis that you can listen to on YouTube. There's lots of different ways Mm. that you can do it, but it's really just closing your eyes, taking a few deep breaths and visualizing what you want to happen. doing behavior that you know is going to get you what you want as well. Mm. I think it's learning to identify where you're self-sabotaging in your life and addressing that however you can. Highly recommend hypnotherapy, but you want to find someone good. That's Mm. the other thing is if you are going to go to someone to get therapy like this done, make sure they're very well qualified because people can do like a, two to four day course and call themselves a hypnotherapist and that drives me insane Mm. it's like are you kidding me you don't know what the fuck you're doing yeah yeah.
1: and it's really dangerous you're like it's like any it's like any profession I think this this day and age you're seeing a lot of it it's like I'm an expert it's like no you're not Dal. like you you know you're people go to med school for a really long time for a reason like totally so I think with your mind your mind is precious and I think I totally agree like You need to go to people that are good. It is your mind. It is precious. And don't let anyone shit, touch it, basically. (laughs) Yeah, make sure they're qualified. Caroline, thank you so much for your time today. I honestly could talk to you forever, so we might have to do this another time. But thank you so much. You're welcome. Really lovely to be here. Thank you. It was
0: great having a chat.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow on your go-to podcast app. If you're enjoying listening, feel free to leave us a glowing review on Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends, and you can follow us at Self Love Club Podcasts on Instagram. I'm Val Crawford, and all the places you'll find us in the show notes.